Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. another episode of the lakers fast break podcast it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from lakers fast break pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and game source we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review on apple Podcasts. plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do whatever it is you can to support us here at the lakers fast break it is truly appreciated also want to give a big shout out to our friends at thrivefantasy.com and Thrive Fantasy, wherever you download your apps. If you're into daily fantasy sports betting and player props for the NBA, which starts up this week, also as well NFL, the Major League Baseball when it comes back, and of course PGA and eSports, you want to go ahead and check out Thrive Fantasy today. And if you go ahead and make your first deposit over $20, They'll match it dollar for dollar up to $50 if you use the code LFB. That's LFB right there for you. Please go ahead and be part of the fun today at Thrive Fantasy. A lot of great news heading into the season. It is here. The NBA season is now upon us, and it starts this Tuesday. We're so excited for it. But here today to talk about the great season, including, well, I guess the question was answered whether or not the Lakers are going to sign Kyle Kuzma because they did sign him to a three-year $40 million, which is a little bit above the price range for both Laker Tom and Sean Grice. But they're back again to talk about Kyle Kuzma and so much more. Be part of the conversation (laughs) where we're all Lakers fans at Lakerholics.com. Sean, I'm going to go ahead and get you on first. It's the Magic Man. And Sean, I want to go ahead and talk to you right now if you can, my friend, and ask you this, what are your thoughts on the Kyle Kuzma extension? Three years, $40 million, a little bit higher than what you wanted, what you thought, what you think the Lakers should pay for. Are you still excited to hopefully have Kyle Kuzma at least for at least a little bit while longer? Gerald, I am. I must say, I I kind of look at the deal almost like a bridge contract. It's, it's basically... Uh, Kyle Kuzma to prove that he can play above and beyond this deal and I believe if he did that the Lakers would offer more years and commit to him long term however like any bridge contract if for some reason Kuzma doesn't live up to the opportunities given to him here it presents a uh, sort of a problem for the Lakers because as we were talking off air and Tom had mentioned this poison pill provision in rookie extensions actually gives the advantage to the player rather than the team so we'll have, yes. we'll have to see how moving forward that works but I am happy that he is on a shorter term deal 
that we can finally see, you know, if he's willing to go above and beyond as we all think he can and, and, and try and become a, a great Lakers forward. Well, that's one of the curious things about this is the poison pill uh, part of it because the fact that if there's a trade that's involving Kuzma, his outgoing salary is only the 3.6, 3.5, 3.8 million that being paid right now, but the incoming salary would be hit of about close to 11 million, which is based off the near to the end of his contract if he decides to pick that up remember it's a two years plus one and the plus one is a player option on that if he wants to go ahead and collect that option but it's very interesting that the lakers did sign him knowing that there's a poison pill a little bit anyways uh, something that for a team that's very close to a hard cap situation like the lakers is something that they have to uh, you know attest to and obviously that means that they're pretty interested in Kyle Kuzma's development going forward. But here today to talk about this and so much more is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, with your wife in the background making cookies for Sean, I want to hear your thoughts on what's going on with Kyle Kuzma's extension. Uh, It's even higher than what you were hoping to pay. Not that much higher, just a smidgen higher. But still, at the end of the day, I guess Kyle Kuzma remains a Laker for now. Actually, it's very close to my prediction because if you take a little bit higher, it was a little bit. You take twelve million dollars a year, Gerald, and you add. I'm taking the average. I'm taking the average. And you add eight percent raises every year for three years. It comes out to thirty-nine million. So it's a million dollars off. So I want to go ahead. What are your thoughts on keeping him? Now that they have him in place, now that they have a team, what are your thoughts about how they're going to utilize him going forward, or is it as what Bubble Woj? one of the most popular tweets out there says about Kyle Kuzma that Kyle said, Hey, I'm here for now. But the joke is that, okay, you're only here for a short while longer. Your stay has been extended, but only for a short while. Is he here for the long term, or will he go ahead and still be traded? I think to start with that, you have to look at the deal as a good deal for the Lakers and a good deal for Kyle Kuzma. He's getting $40 million contract. That's generational money for him and his family. This is a kid who came from Flint, Michigan, single parent mother. So he, you know, he's he's done at his level, locked up the same as LeBron and AD have. Uh, we're in the middle of a, a pandemic. We don't know what the future of the league is financially, where the salary caps are going to come out, what's going to happen with a new CBA. So I think it makes sense to, from Kyle's standpoint, to make the deal. And I think that the provision for the for the outgoing salary to be limited for that first year to 3.9, 3.6 million, gives Kyle a little bit of security in that he won't be immediately traded in at the trade deadline in December. So I think that's, from his standpoint, a very good deal. He gave up money uh, that he probably could have gotten more in free agency, I believe. And I think that, I think that shows a sign of maturity on Kyle's standpoint because he's, you got to understand he's a, he's, on a winning team with a bunch of guys that he loves to play with. He's respected by the coaches and he's on a championship team. So there's something about that versus signing with Charlotte or New Orleans or some place where he's not going to get the spotlight on him. He's done very well in social media. He's got a bigger image than his role on a team in some ways. So I think it's a, it's a plus for him. From the Lakers standpoint, I think that the Lakers are trying to solidify the lineup. I think they're trying to lock, I think that they are trying to 
create tradable contracts. And while he can't be traded at the trade deadline, he certainly can be traded next summer. So yeah, I think you've got a situation here where the Lakers got a good price, a lower price than I think the market price is for Kyle Kuzma. And they get him locked up for two, at least two years. He's got an option in that third year. So I think it presents a situation where it's a win-win for both the team and the player. As for his role going forward, he's an interesting piece for the Lakers because he plays three different positions, two, three, and four. And and he's asked to do different things, and he, he seems to have responded to that very well. Some players cannot handle that constant juggling where they're they don't have a steady amount of minutes coming at a specific position with a specific role. And I think from Kyle's standpoint that uh, uh, he's a valuable piece that they probably would have a hard time replacing that versatility that he brings to the roster. So I think it makes a lot of sense from the Lakers to lock him up. I made a comment on one of the uh, LeBron sent him a congratulatory tweet. Um, and that raised an issue in my mind, as, you know, and I asked the question on Lakerholics.com. Did LeBron and AD get asked about the extension? Were they in favor of the extension? And I think most likely they obviously did. You don't want to lock somebody up long-term if your two superstars aren't in, aren't on the same page with it. And so I think that that's, that says a lot about the Lakers organization, that the guys are tight. Uh, Kuzma is somebody that, that LeBron has respected. He came out and said before we went into the playoffs last year that, uh, to win the championship, we needed Kyle to be the third star. So I think he's still looking for that and giving him encouragement. So I think it's going to really have a good impact on Kyle's play in the regular season. And I think it'll it'll give him that security that he hasn't had from the moment he arrived at the Lakers. You know, he's he's been – I've traded him probably 20 times already in, in the last two or three years. Uh, he's been the subject of trade rumors right from the AD deal on on after that. And so you've, you've got a player who's, you know, try, you can say all you want to the media about how I ignore that stuff and I just take care of the things that are under my control. But all of us know that that's not the way life ruined. That's not the way life goes. You always worry about everything that can affect you. And you just have to live with that. So I think he's going to, he knows he's here for the whole year. I think that's really important. And the Lakers and him are both in a situation where that's the best possible condition that situation that he could be in to fix his shot, continue to play the unselfish role player role that he plays on the team. There's I've, I've seen some tweets about people speculating about whether or not they might consider starting Kyle. That's an interesting, it's an interesting thing because I think if, if you were looking at his long-term potential as a Laker, it's not going to be starting at the three or starting at the four because we've got LeBron James and, Anthony Davis in those positions. So it's really about his only opportunity would be to start at the two. So it's an interesting thought, but you've also got KCP in that situation. You got Matthews who you brought over, who's an excellent defender. So, and you've got THT lurking in the background. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a great problem and a tough problem that Frank Vogel has to figure out what to do, but uh, I'm happy. I, I, I thought it was a great moment of the day uh, when I heard the news and Woj posted that the, the Lakers had signed Kuz to that three-year deal. Uh, and so I'm I'm excited about it, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how Frank Vogel handles the 11-man roster that he has now come Tuesday night. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally, so don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Gerald, I was just going to say, um, you know, Kyle, Kyle is a really, he's a smart individual and he saw the kind of crazy money that got thrown around last summer. And I'm sure his agent told him, look, who's the Lakers are still trying to make up their mind about you, but they're offering you an extension. I think we should take it because when 2023 rolls around in the summer, if you don't like your role and if you want to go somewhere else there's going to be teams with gobs of money who are going to throw it at you so hang on i think i think it was it was twofold one palinka had to make up his mind what he was going to do with them and obviously i think this is this extension is the best of both worlds that we could have hoped for he he didn't get an alan alan crab contract you know, an 18, 19 mil a year deal that would have been just, wow, that would have surprised me. But it's it's a manageable deal. And if he plays above it, that's great. If he doesn't, well, we move on. Yes, Bubble Woj will be, will be right on that if that's the case. And, you know, we don't live by Woj or Shams. We live by Bubble Woj here at the Lakers fast <laughs> break. It's more entertaining. Let's put it that way. But Kyle Kuzma, you know, i that's probably what he gotten on the open market. He probably would have signed for a little bit more than what the uh, what the exception was. So I, I figured that's right around fair market value. I mean, a little, a little bit high, but it's also an expectation on him to go ahead and shore up some of the things that he needs to shore up. If not, it is a tradable contract. I understand there's a poison pill clause. And it's try- a little bit hard to decipher what Bobby Marks was trying to say. But basically, like I said, it's it's under $4 million that's outgoing. So it's cheaper for the team that would love to receive it, you know, because they don't get very much of a cap hit. But what's coming back to the Lakers would be a larger cap hit of about $11 million, 10.9 to be exact. So that's a, a little bit difficult for the Lakers. So basically, in essence, they're saying that the Lakers are looking to Kyle Kuzma at least on the surface for the for a period of time. We'll see how far that goes. And again, it comes down to the question, is he going to start? Because he started the preseason games. So that's of great interest right now to a lot of people. Is Kyle Kuzma going to start? Tom, you seem convinced that he's not going to start, or at least leaning in that direction, I should say. I don't want to misquote you, because I know that got me in trouble before, but it seems like you were leaning. If I may be understanding, you were leaning that he wasn't going to start. He was starting in the preseason. I may be wrong, and it may not be the best thing for him, but I think uh, starting at this point in time 
it's like a question or a debate right now because the Lakers have been very vague on exactly who they're going to actual starting five is going to be. Yeah, I, uh, that's an interesting question because I put I, I posted my uh, rotations what I expected Frank Bogle to do on at Lakerholics.com, and I pretty much expect it to be uh, Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, AD, and Gasol starting. Caruso and THT backing up the one. Matthews at the two, Kuzma at the three, Morris and Dudley at the four, and uh, Harrell at the five, and Kaycock being the one of the two, being the 15th active player, since we can have 15 of them. But right after that, I posted my dream starting lineup, which I like the idea of, and that was basically THT at the point, Kuzma at the two. Uh, that happens to be the starting backcourt for several of the preseason games. But I do think that that was just because they were preseason games. But I'd love to see that starting lineup because you have a really physical, tough group of people there. Um, but there's a lot of reasons why coaches make those decisions that aren't necessarily be to do the best five players on the court. There's Dennis Schroeder, who was traded to the Lakers and whose agent told the Lakers that he wants to start. Dennis announced himself in training camp that he wanted to start. And he's a very talented guy. You know, he's a guy who's got six years of experience in the NBA. Very fast player, probably a better matchup than uh, anybody else on the team for quick, young, small point guards that he's going to face on the Western Conference. So it's hard to tell, you know. And then there's also the, the perennial coach's way of getting out of starting somebody by saying, we need him on a second unit, you know. Um, and then I'm sure as a... As a player, when I played in when I played basketball, I always hated that the coach saying, "You know, <laughs> we need you. We need you off the bench, man. Uh, that's why you're not going to start." You know, and you know, and I'm sure Schroeder's heard that. He, you know, he in his statement down in in Oklahoma City was that uh, the coach came in and told him, he says, "Listen, you know, we need you off the bench. So go off of the bench two years, and I'll trade you to somebody who'll let you start." <laughs> Two years later, he's on the Lakers, you know. Frank Bogle, I have been a battler all year long. I've run campaigns to start so-and-so. First it was, and usually always at center. Uh, I wanted to get JaVale McGee out of there, and I wanted to get, uh, you know, a, a modern offense with five out players, you know, so that everybody could shoot. And and uh, and then I went through the thing of trying to get Howard out of there after he removed JaVale, even though I, I rooted for Howard to get in there. Um, I love the addition of Gasol. Uh, I am worried, like the rest of you, about we don't have a hell of a lot of rim protection when uh, AD is not in the lineup. And that that's going to hurt our defense to a certain extent. Um, we can add a whole lot of offense, though, to make up for it. And uh, that's what I'm hoping comes out of it. But uh, I think at the trade deadline, we might see a move to, you know, to, to shore up that, that uh, rim protection, uh, especially when AD is not in the lineup. And and I love the idea of somebody like Miles Turner playing the five, who's a shot blocker and can defend out on the on the perimeter alongside AD, so that you really got and LeBron, so you really got a strong trio of of shot blockers. So this is an experiment. Uh, I'm thrilled that the Lakers are actually making the move because it it says something when you've got a coach like Frank Vogel who is who's spent years just saying the number one priority is rim protection period, and then defense starts at the basket out, not the other way around like offense does. So we'll, we'll see. 
really important about this year, more so than last year, is that with some new additions, everybody has to understand their roles this year. Like last year, the reason why Dwight was comfortable, the big reason why AD was comfortable, the big reason why JaVale was comfortable, they all had roles. The coaching staff told them. And they were willing to sacrifice those roles when the coach wanted to change it. And they did it graciously for the good of the team. I'm not so sure Dennis is going to be as gracious. Or Montrez. Or Montrez. Yeah, yeah, I'm not so sure either. And that was the big culture change that happened with LeBron and Coach Vogel is that when, when we bring you into the family, you understand that you have a role to play. And it's yeah. the role that's best for you, and it's best for us. And, and LeBron like, and AD will tell him if he doesn't. <laughs> and Frank had an exceptional ability to do that in Indiana. Yeah. He did it in Orlando, although the results were on the court. And he's he's brought that philosophy to Los Angeles. And I'm just hoping that, like Tom said, Schroeder, if he doesn't understand his role to begin the season – perhaps is clarified by LeBron, <laughs> but to, moving yeah. forward, that's, that's the big issue with me right now is the communication. It's yeah. different when you're an 18 point per game scorer and runner up on six man of the year. And same thing with Trez. Uh, I mean, Dwight and JaVale had reached that points in their careers where they knew that they weren't going to go down there, post up in the low post and call for the ball and get it. Um, it right. just wasn't going to happen. You know, they're, They'd they had evolved at their point in their career, but now you got two two young guns basically in Dennis and, and Dennis and Trez and uh, and frankly neither one of them I thought has gotten off to a great preseason. I mean, if you looked at the point guard role and who played well in the point, who did all of the things that we needed offensively, defensively, shooting from deep, making getting to the free throw line. I mean, THT is seventeen out of nineteen free throws. <laughs> He led the team in that. He led the team in steals. I would love to see a coach actually come out and and have the cojones to say, kid, you're starting, because I think the kid's going to be great. But I suspect he'll start off as the 11th man, and Frank will gradually roll him in, and I'll write 20 articles about why he should start. Maybe by late in the season, like, like, like Gerald said, maybe by late in the season, he'll finally get his opportunity. I'm hoping so. Go ahead, Chuck gonna ask you guys don't you think this is kind of uh kuz's contract was kind of a wink wink from lebron to taylor horton tucker oh you see you see what happens you see what happens well he doesn't need to wink man they got the same agents they got the same agent yeah he's kind of elbowing him you know this could be you tailing you know kyle Kyle got his big deal and and well but you know, the only way Talon can get more, but Talon's got, the problem with Talon is that they only signed him on a two-year deal. And that means that they only have early bird rights on him. So the most that they can give him in an extension is the MLE, basically. Now, he's a restricted free agent, so they can match any deal that somebody makes. But then the Gilbert Arenas provision comes in. When, when the, the Washington Wizards, I don't even know if they were Wizards back when they did this, but no, they're the they Wizards were the, now. The were they the Bullets? When the Bullets shot a, a silver bullet at the Warriors and stole Gilbert Arenas, who was a great mm-hmm. player on a two-year contract. But what it amounts to is that they can actually go out there 
And they're limited to offering him for the first two years, the MLE, the average pay. So $10 million. And then they can jump it up all the way to the maximum contract. Like, like for him, his age, 25% of the con, 25% of the, so he could, they could jump him up to 27 million for the third and for the fourth, third and fourth years of the contract. And that's a poison. That's a real poison pill. <laughs> you know, yeah. because... Do you remember Omar Ashik and Jeremy Lin both got those same kind of deals? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and frankly, I think that his agent is Rich Paul, who's assistant general manager of the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers. And so there's no way Rich is going to drop a poison pill on the Lakers. But, you know, I wouldn't, I would say this about Rich Paul. I would say that I could see Rich easily going out there. Let's say that Talon has a great year and he actually ends up at the year starting at the end of the year. And he does great in the playoffs and we win a championship. There are going to be some team out there that'll say, hey, I'll offer him 15 million. And I think the Lakers will match it. <laughs> You're not going to oh. let a kid that talented walk away because they'll have they'll have bird rights. And and it's kind of a tricky thing because the other team is going to say to Rich Paul, wait a minute now, are you really saying that this kid will sign this offer sheet and stay with us? Or are you just trying to avoid getting him more money than the 10 million the Lakers can offer him? <laughs> so it's a tricky, it's a tricky deal there. And uh, 20 years old, I mean, he can sign a three-year deal and, and, and what at 24, he comes out again on free agency. <laughs> well, there's a lot of second rounders right now that are, that are getting a deals two years, three years, and even four years. So it's very interesting to see how that's playing out depending yeah. on the team, depending on the player that was chosen in the second round and also those that were undrafted. So I'm eager to see uh, what will happen with teams. Yeah, but none of those are 20 year old guys who came out and looked like potential stars. I mean, he's, this is Christian Wood all over again. Well, Christian, Christian only got thirteen million, man. Christian Wood's a different story because that was a late bloomer. That was someone right. who actually got cut from a Chinese league. That was someone who was on several team rosters and well got cut and also spent time in the G League. This is someone that you, you know, he exploded. He had exploded and had a had a rise in his career from what everybody saw before then. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at THT. THT shot thirty percent. 30.8 and 30.9% in his one year at Iowa State and his one year in a G League. He shot free throws at 64% and 72% those two years. Since the bubble, since coming back after the big four-month layoff, he's shooting 40% in the playoffs, 100% from the free throw line. Now here in the preseason, he's shooting 53% from three and eight, 90, 89.5% from the free throw line, 17 out of 19 free throws. He's the best free throw shooter on the team. Well, let's hope that some of that translates into the regular season. Yep. I mean, that's that's well, always that's the, it's, it's my biggest argument for the fact that, as you said, Gerald, he's got to prove he can shoot the three the way, because that opens up his whole game. If you can shoot the three and attack the basket the way he is, you're deadly. If you can't, you're just another Russell Westbrook or, you know, or John Wall or somebody like that who's, Going to get to the basket a lot, but going to get to the basket with a lot of traffic in front of you. And it's going to have be successful in the regular season, but in a postseason is going to be a matchup nightmare for their team because yeah. of the fact that he can't shoot the outside shot. So that's all I'm wondering is it is going to be is it a streaky shot? Is it going to be a consistent shot? We don't I'm know. Saying, I'm saying that 90%, 17 out of 19 free throws. And I watched every one of those free throws, and man, 
he had very few clankers in there. Most of those were all net. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm again, he's just 20, so yeah. there's plenty of time to mature. And uh, uh, but you're right, he will have a lot of options open and available to him on both a playing and a contract status if he yeah. continues this upward uh, mobility. And thank God Rich Paul signed him <laughs> and not some other agent. Well, we'll see again. It's up to the Lakers to go ahead and help him get there, and I think they should give him time. He's earned it, he's earned the well, time. Yeah, you know, I, I was searching on the internet for looking for some stats on a couple of things for uh. THT, and I came across this great article that was written back right when the, the season ended or the, or the season was suspended. And there was an article where, uh, about THT and how he was working with Mike Benberley and uh, working on his shooting and wanting to improve his shooting and knowing how important that was. Boy, I tell you, you know, I, I haven't heard much about the fact that we, for the first time in the Lakers history, we've had an actual shooting coach on the team last year. We weren't a great three-point shooting team last year. Ironically, this year, in preseason, we took 102 three-point shots, and we made 51 of them. Exactly, 50%, number one in the league. We were 23rd in the league in attempts. I mean, we were I mean, 11th in makes <laughs> because of, of shooting that huge percentage. So kudos to the coaching staff. And, and you know, and I think that that's, that's a key thing. We've, what we've really seen... You have to give a lot of credit to Frank Vogel and his coaches for for how THT has developed, you know, and and for Jesse Buss and the coaching staff and and LeBron who recommended him to Rich Paul and Rich Paul for making sure that the Lakers drafted him and you know pulled out and put that two point six million dollars cash in in the hands of the Orlando Magic in order to get him to draft him for us number forty. He could be the co superstar with Anthony Davis down the road. I think he's had that much potential. It's it's kind of funny. This this reminds me of uh, of 2010, and let me tell you why. Going into, I believe it was after the after Kobe's MVP season, the bench played really well, and Sasha was a free agent. Ronnie Turioff was a free agent, and so was Shannon Brown. And I believe management made up their minds that they could only keep two out of the three. So they kept Sasha and they kept um, Shannon Brown and they let Ronnie Turioff walk. I I, I kind of see the same thing with Alex Caruso right now. He, he well, sees the kind of money that's being doled out and I think he kind of sees the writing on the wall. I'm not but, sure. What are, you, what are you trying to say, Sean? I think we should enjoy Alex's last season because – being hard capped right now, I don't see a scenario where you commit money to him long term. So With basically, all... expect him to be a part of the next twenty trades for Laker Tom, as far as it's concerned. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Yes. I would still Gerald, say Gerald. 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 Well, no. I mean, I, no. You, had, you had Kuzma on the last twenty, so you're going to have mm -hmm. Caruso on the next twenty. Is that fair to say? Well, no. Listen, I don't happen to think it's. Uh, yeah, I think. You know, it's like it's like the players added the correct play attitude for the players when they're in trade rumors, and I've heard several players understand and say this: "Hey, I'm wanted." You know, that's good. I'm wanted, yeah. and and I'm not trading players. I'm not trading players. Well, let me let me make an exception. There are sometimes when you make a trade like Javale McGee where you're trying to get rid of a player. Okay, but in general, 
I'm always trying to get good players to come to the Lakers, and you can't get good players to come in a trade unless you're willing to give up something valuable. Absolutely. And, and right now he's yeah, going and, to you know, a year and a half ago, Alex Caruso didn't have any value in a trade. No, now, no. Thanks to Alex is a great play. He's got value now. There are teams that want him, you know. I mean, and, and I was actually amazed that the Lakers supposedly offered Alex Caruso for Derrick Rose. I wouldn't have made that trade in a million years. Because Derrick Rose doesn't shoot threes. He's not the right kind of point guard for getting the Lakers to be a modern team, especially when they had a low post traditional center who also can't shoot at that point in time. You end up with just three shooters on the floor and two guys they can sag off. But Cruz is an interesting situation because he'll be a unrestricted free agent, whereas THT will be a restricted free agent. So that means that we can match anything as long as we don't hard cap ourselves next year. That's the, that's the key thing, you know, yep. because the, the trade season, you know, you, 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 so you wait until after, you know, you, you, you finish the year and, and I guess it's going to be June 30th again, since we're, we're trying to get back on that same schedule. So after June 30th, we're no longer hard capped. Then you can go over to the cap and, and that's yep. what we're going to want to be able to do. So at that point in time, then you'll see us, I think, really make a good offer for, for guys that like THT that we have the rights to, go over the cap for him. Caruso, you know, you can't blame a player when you look at Kuzma. He made three and a half million dollars last year. Okay. So three and a half million dollars is a lot of money. But if you ask yourself the question is, can you do anything with $40 million for your family that you can't for three with three and a half million? And the answer is you sure can. You can ensure that your family has generational wealth that that everybody's taken care of, that all of the kids in the family are going to go to school, that, that, you know, none of the old people in the family are going to end up living, you know, in a lousy life and a, a bad retirement and so forth. Um, now, if you're talking about Kuzma's decision, 40 million versus 90 million, let's say, what can you do with 90 million that you can't do with 40 million? These guys get too much ego going you're keeping score. It's not a scoreboard. It's money that your family is going to have for generations. And when you start letting it get to the point or when you're so good that all you can do is measure by, you know, did I make more money than Joe Mo, who's, a, you know, my competition or something like that? Uh, I think Kuzma made a smart decision, you know, to turn down like $40 million because he thought he could get 50 or 60. Uh, he wasn't going to get 90, that's for sure. But he thought if he had a great year, he could get 50 or 60. That that was a foolhardy decision because it discounts the whole thing of, I mean, everybody complains about the NBA being that, and in the NFL and these teams that you don't get a chance to decide what city you want to live in to work with or who you want to work with. Uh, well, you do, you do, but you have to make some sacrifices for it. You have to say, I'm willing to, I'm okay, I'm willing to take that $12 million contract or $13 million contract, whatever it is. Um, but I do want to, I, I do want this provision in here so that, so that you can't trade me right away in December, you know, to protect, to protect myself, you know, you may, I'll make a commitment to you. You make a commitment to me after the first year, then, you know, then it's, I understand it's a business, um, but it's a smart thing to do. And, and I, and so I couldn't come, I, so I getting back to the whole point of that, that rant there, Alex has a decision. Somebody offers him, you know, I, I don't think he's going to get Kuzma money simply because if you don't score, you don't get paid in this league. I don't care who it is. You know, maybe Rudy, maybe Rudy Gobert is the exception, but generally, generally speaking, 
you got to put up points if you want the money. And, and that's like- the one thing I want to go ahead and end the show with then is that Rudy Gobert did sign a five-year, $205 million contract, the biggest ever for a big man. And it's so funny because you look at the top salaries given out all time and Russell Westbrook and Rudy Gobert are number two and three right now, I believe on the list, or three and four, somewhere mm-hmm. along that line, ahead of guys like Stephen Curry and, and all the guys that were signed for 195. But those guys at 195. Well, are- how about the guys that used to play 10, 20 years ago? Yeah, you know, they, absolutely. Yeah, you hear them on the radio shows saying, "Man, I wish I was playing today." Exactly. <laughs> uh, of course. I mean, why not? I mean, let's put this in context, though. Like, for instance, AD's four-year, one ninety, if I remember correctly, that's uh, on a per-year average more than what Gobert was getting. But that's how much he signed. He didn't sign for fifth year, so let's put that in perspective here. But. Your thoughts, Sean, before we head on out about Rudy Gobert signing for $205 million for a guy that's not going to be handling the ball unless he's going up to the basket. Magnifique Rudy. (laughs) Oh, there you go. There you go. Good one, John. Uh, The the Stifle Tower, he, he cashed out big time. You know, the contract is what it is. He improved immensely offensively last year to the point where you could actually throw oh, Spida or Mike Conley could throw him the ball and it wouldn't necessarily be a turnover like it has been for the past couple of years <laughs> with Rudy in the post. I think it sets Utah back as a franchise, actually. I think while Spida may evolve, that Rudy contract will prevent them from well i mean free agents really don't go to utah anyway but i really think this will prevent them from trying to put a dent into you know lucas future in dallas or zion's future with the pelicans i think utah needs to figure out what they're going to do in three or four years when a contract becomes a real problem well, this is something that I think before Laker Tom shares his thoughts, I think it's an overpay. Uh, I think you commit yourself to not only one, but two extensions with both him and Donovan Mitchell. I'm not sure that he does enough on that end of the floor because he's a great source of defense prowess. And of course he improves your team defense. Oh, so much, but to afford that percentage of your cap, to someone who can only give you so much on one end of the floor and can't do two things for that. I think it's a miscalculation on Utah's part. I think they should have, uh, I mean, I see him at five years, 105 million. I think that's good. That's right around perfect. What he would be valuable for, but five years, $205 million. That's too much to ask, but Laker Tom, that's just me. I think it's an overpay for someone that is not going to be dynamic on both ends of the court, but you tell me, I may be wrong on that. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, unless I, I read an article recently where the jazz have a new owner. Okay. He just took over the team and he was in the process of trying to bid on some other team. I don't know whether it was a Denver, Denver, Minnesota, I think Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. And, uh, he was all engaged in in trying to buy the the Timberwolves, and and putting out offers and everything. And his wife came to me and says, hey, "Aren't we Jazz fans, man? What's going on here?" And and he looked at his wife and he says, "You're right." And he dropped it and then went after trying to get the Jazz. 
you got a tough situation there. I mean, have the Jazz ever won a championship? No. Do you think the Jazz will ever win the championship? No. Oh, I don't, I don't want to go there, but okay. Well, no. I mean, let's be honest. No is the answer. So the Jazz have a different standard that they live up to than any other franchise. Uh, there are a lot of other teams that should be living up to that same franchise, like the Clippers, but they still are disillusioned <laughs> and think that they're going to win. Oh, man, but you're making everybody angry here today. The Jazz, listen, Utah's a different situation. It's a strange state. It's a different whole thing. And you remember they, John Stockton and Carl Malone. This is the new version of John Stockton and Carl Malone. And you can't let them walk. They still sell out the arena. They're still loyal fans. They still wear their jazz hats, their jazz t-shirts. And the owner's a jazz fan. What do you expect them to do? You can't let Rudy go. I think the uh, the quote that the owner gave with that this is going to be fun or something paraphrasing there that he's going to have fun running the Jazz. I don't know how much you can do that with almost three hundred, well, over three hundred million dollars committed as far as salaries just to two players, especially with one of them can only do one thing at the floor. You, you better spend some money on your on your on your scouting staff and yeah, hope you can get a lot of home runs in the uh, late in the draft or early in the draft. I mean, well, look at that. You can still have you got your new version of Stockton and Malone, and you can still tank. Well, Utah is going to be a pick that to tank I, today, but I, I think besides saying that Utah they'll make the playoffs. Is, well, I don't think I don't want to say Utah is a strange state, or I don't want to go ahead and belittle Utah. <laughs> say they'll never win a championship because the odds is saying if if the NBA goes in perpetuity, that eventually, yes, the Utah Jazz would win one, maybe somewhere along the line. Uh, but How many that, teams have never won a championship in the NBA? Do we, any well, of you know well, that? To be, There's to be quite fair, a few, actually. You're right. Yeah. To be fair to what Tom said, I believe 2K did a, a simulation, I, I'm, I think it was a year or two ago, for like something like 80 years, and Utah did not win an NBA title. Every other franchise had won an NBA <laughs> title in that time except for the Utah Jazz. But I understand what Tom is saying. Utah, they don't have any other professional teams out there. They have a different yeah. culture. So they're the rabid about the Jazz. So I don't think the fans would ever turn on Rudy. I, I think that's more... They might if they didn't sign him and he went on a free, became a free agent right, and right. left but for I, nothing. I think that's what Tom was trying to say is uh, the Jazz, yeah. you won't find a, a more loyal sports fan than a Jazz fan. Yeah. I mean, they're with them till till they die. So and they've, I, had some Hall of, they've had some Hall of Fame players who were great players in the past. And Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell's one hell of a player. So, you know, you, you've got, and, and you're, what, you're, you're in the middle, like five or six, four, five, and six in, in the Western Conference. Probably I more toward five or six. I, I really like their team. They've got a lot of continuity. If Bogdanovich yeah. gets uh, healthy enough, I think they're going to pose a challenge in the West. Really uh, like, a lot last year. Yeah, they did. They did. But I think he's going to, come back I, I like the season ending for mike conley so hopefully he'll get more comfortable because last year he obviously was atrocious for most right. of the year so we'll see what happens with utah again it's a major they have no choice i think is is really what it came down to uh, i think they had a choice but again they uh, it's it, the kind of choice where they put a gun to your head and you say you got two choices i either pull the trigger or you sign this document or i make a trade you know as simple as that i mean because it basically yeah, but- 
with the with the Kasari cap, you're fixed. It's so hard to yeah, go ahead yeah. and move those two players, both of them, especially but, Rudy Gobert. But the best they can do is to trade because they they have to draft or trade. They can't get a free agent to come there. Go ahead, Sean. Problem. I'm not sure how many people you've spoken to. Don't you think if the Nets were going to acquire a player who could really help them win a championship, it would have been Gobert instead of Drew Holiday or James Harden? See, to me, uh, Kevin Durant and Rudy right. Gobert pretty much an unstoppable force offensively and defensively. So I was really surprised we did not hear the Nets in on the Jazz for trying to acquire Rudy. That's Is a that a Supermax that Rudy got? Didn't say Supermax. It's, it's high enough that it ought to be in the Supermax sweepstakes, though. It, it's not a Supermax because I don't think they listed it as such. And again, but it's one of those contracts that there's only a few places you can trade them. Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, he's averaging close. He's averaging forty a year. It's their so, version of the Kuzma signing, man. Yeah. Well, I'll take the Kuzma signing at thir- at thirteen. No, but I mean, it, it, in a way, in a way, it is their version of the Kuzma signing yeah. because you can't lose him for nothing. So you need to lock him up, and then once you've locked him up, then you look at a team like the Nets, who's got some beautiful assets that anybody would covet. You know, my big problem with it, to be honest, is just really the style of basketball that it's a back-to-the-basket, traditional, defensive-oriented center. He's a pick-and-roll guy. He doesn't, he doesn't do back-to-the-basket. He's yeah. a pick-and-roll guy. That's all but he Everything he does is in the paint, Gerald. That's that's yeah. the thing that I, that bothers me. Yeah. Everything's in the paint, and you and you just clog it up for Donovan and everybody else on the team. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting to see how that will play out. But, again, that's a way to tie up your salary cap right there for you. Well done, Utah. Well done. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But I will say this, it's been a great conversation Laker Tom has done everything he can to get everyone angry. You know what? I am I am down when I am down farther on the list. It was than, Gerald who Gerald who said something about Utah guys. It wasn't no, me. No, 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 no. I didn't call Utah a strange state. That was that was Laker Tom. I didn't oh, explain that. Don't explain that. I listen. I have I have I have I, a I, like I, everybody I, says. I have good friends in Utah. Okay, yeah. but you did. Okay, the Clippers thing. I know you're not going to say. You're, you're, no, you're, yeah, that was intentional. Okay, fair enough. Fair that was enough. intentional slander. Of course, of course, as always. But it is a great time indeed when you're here. Yeah. Well, you know what, Jason Tatum, uh, again, he's going to, again, I think, kick it up a notch. I, he's one of yeah. my outside shots right there, dark horses for MVP. He's looking really good. He's grown another inch. He's six feet. I used 10. to hope that Kuzma was going to be our Jason Tatum. Yeah, well, look how that turned out. <laughs> from Supermax to three years and 40. But 
I will say this. Uh, I'm very happy for Kyle. Uh, I'm happy yeah. for the Lakers that going forward, they're a little bit more set and things are stable now. So we'll see what happens with the team going forward. Cause this week the season starts. I know Laker Tom and Sean have got some articles ready and also some opinions ready. We're going to try and do as many as we can as far as post-game reports, plus extra podcasts on the Lakers fast break as much as possible. We truly appreciate everyone out there watching and listening. Guys, what are you working on before the season starts before we head on out? Sean? Actually, right now I'd like to promote uh, a book that uh, someone else wrote rather than my work right now. Um, it was a book by Jesse Washington. Uh, it's an autobiography of John Thompson. It's called I Came as a Shadow. Um, it's one of the best books I've read in the past decade. I loved it. Um, I grew up as a, as a big John Thompson fan as a 90s kid. The Hoyas were very popular. And I learned so much about one of my idols. Uh, for example, the towel over his shoulder. I thought that was because he was a profusely sweating individual like myself. But actually, it was an ode to his mother. There's just wonderful stories like that in there about the man. And, you know, more than being a basketball titan, I mean, I know we lost Kobe. We lost one titan this year. We also lost John. And I just wanted to promote that book. And if you have a chance to interview Jesse Washington, Gerald, it'd be a great interview. He's a fantastic writer. And I was on the edge of my seat on every page. I'm getting requests of all kinds to interview all sorts of people. Go interview this person. Go interview this person. I'll tell you what, I will put it on the list and see what I can do. Can't hurt to try. Can't hurt to try. But Laker Tom, what are you working on for Lakerholics.com before the season starts? Um, I just I just uh, posted an article on uh, Medium.com under Laker Tom and uh, Lakerholics.com about how Talon Horton Tucker is the Lakers' future at point guard, and think that this kid is really going to be a star. I basically listed the five things that I think really set him apart as point guard. Going Jamie Sweet on me. It is <laughs> the five things thing is a. You can't avoid it, man. It was a great thing that Jamie created there. And you run into it everywhere you look in politics and sports. But the five the five areas or five things that I think that set Talon apart as a point guard are, number one, his ability to get to the rim. I mean, his ability to take contact, absorb contact, and still make use his body and long arms and an acrobatic athleticism to get the layup and, and, and one is terrific. His ability to put people in jail his defender in jail and keep him in jail on the pick and roll to do pinpoint pocket passes and, or hit a cutter on the outside. That's a very valuable thing. His court vision, his ability to see the game and make the right pass. It doesn't matter whether the, whether this is a play that he created that with his gravity of attacking the rim or whether it's just making a making a hockey pass to the corner, he'd make the right plays uh, and then, you know, the combination that, that there's no other player at 6'4 who weighs as much as he does or has as long a reach as he does. Uh, and that combination, or as big a hands. And so that combination makes makes him just a really tough defender. And he gets he gets into the passing lanes. He's, that steal he did of Kawhi where he took the ball right out of his hands. Those are great. And then last but not least, 53% shooting in preseason from beyond the arc, 40% in the playoffs. Uh, and 90% from the free throw line. The kid has got all of the tools. It'll be interesting to see how he pushes his way into the, the starting lineup of the Lakers, because at some point he's going to be our starting point guard, I think. And Utah is not such a strange place. 
Lake or Tom, right? Utah. There. The Utah's a beautiful place. I used to have oh, a, yes. one of my best friends. One of my best friends basically used to have a, an apparel company in Utah, and we'd go up there. We'd go up there salmon fishing every year uh, in the snow on a boat. Um, Is he strange? Hmm? Is he strange? <laughs> I was gonna say just because of aligning the strange thing, but never mind, never mind. I well, know. actually, he is—he was—he's a pretty strange guy. Okay, well, there he you go. See, guy. there you go. Maybe that's why. Maybe but, that's I, the whole, but the whole state—it's a different state, and I didn't mean it in a demeaning way. No, I meant no, that it's—it no, is—it's no, a different environment than almost every other state in the union. No, that's for uh, sure. That's from their that's politics, their religion, their sense of independence, and so forth. But it, you know, that was not to denigrate anybody who lives in Utah. It's just that. For them, they have their heroes, and and one of their heroes happens to be the center on their basketball team, and Rudy's you know Rudy has become a beloved person there, and you know it, it just reminds me of that owner saying is that owner's wife saying to him you know that hey aren't we Jazz fans <laughs> what are you trying to buy another team for, and there's something about that you don't you don't see much of that I mean that that reminds me of Jeannie Buss and the Lakers you know that the team is more than just an acquisition. It's more than it means a lot to the city. Uh, and jazz, they mean a lot to the people in Utah. They're, they're like, like Sean said, they're their only major sports team. That's right. Well, that's fair enough. And that definitely, they do support their team and they should be uh, very much credited. And I'm, ha I'm happy for them. I'm sure they're happy and elated that, that <laughs> we'll see two years down the line. And happy we'll about happy. Up all that salary cap. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Magnifique. You can indeed. buy the Eiffel Tower now. Yes, yes. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great time. The Lakers season is upon us. It's here on Tuesday. Stay tuned to Lakers Fast Break on Lakerholics.com for all your Lakers updates. We truly appreciate everybody watching and listening, and thank you so much for doing so. Once again, check out our friends at Thrive Fantasy, thrivefantasy.com, and Thrive Fantasy, wherever you can download the apps. If you're interested in player props, Every single day, daily fantasy player props. There's no better place to go than Thrive Fantasy. And remember, the code LFB on your first deposit, and they'll go ahead and match it up to $50 if your first deposit is more than $20. So check them out today, Thrive Fantasy. Lakerholics.com. Hey, go ahead and be part of the conversation where the comments are just as good as these sparkling articles that are on there. How about that? Was that better? Was that better phrase this time around? <laughs> Yes, because the comments okay. sometimes are even longer than the articles themselves. They manage to be. But again, be part of the conversation today. And there's going to be a lot of conversation now at Lakerholics.com with the season now upon us and the Lakers defending their world championship. So we're looking forward to that. All right, guys, it's going to be a great season. Looking forward to it. Cannot thank you enough. Appreciate everybody watching and listening to us right here once again. Hopefully another great season ahead. Will it end in a championship? We'll wait and see. We think so. We'll hopefully have that happen this year right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.